Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. It is always a joy to talk with you guys. On today is my wonderful co-host, Maddie. Thanks, Joe. My name is Maddie Poole, and I'm so excited to be here today talking to Starla Lockhart. Starla is a functional manager and software engineer at Stratagem, a software development company. As a student, Starla was originally interested in pursuing a career in exercise science and kinesiology, but ended up joining the U.S. Air Force as an electronic signals analyst. After her enlistment, she completed a degree in computer science and transitioned into software engineering. We're super excited to hear more about Starla's career path and journey today. Welcome, Starla. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm well. And yourself? Awesome. I'm great. So excited (laughs) to be here. Yeah, we're doing great. Super excited to talk with you. Um, I figure before we do, we could ask you a little bit about what your career is, how you would describe it. What does the day-to-day look like for you? Sure, yeah. Um, So a software engineer at Stratagem and part-time functional manager um, is basically, you know, my day-to-day is kind of a mixture between designing and writing code um, and installing and deploying that code into uh, an existing framework. Um, You know, all of our applications serve our military um, and government civilians and, and, you know, help keep them safe. So there's a lot of impact there every day. Uh, So um, we generally work in two-week increments. So um, every two weeks we'll have kind of a, a task lists that we will run through and and kind of knock out some of those uh, code or um, deployment or integration tasks. And then, you know, for my part-time position as a functional manager, um, I manage a team of engineers and just kind of make sure that they're happy, um, that they feel engaged, and that they enjoy the work that they do. That's awesome. It sounds like you have kind of a diverse group of duties where you work Yeah, so that's kind of the fun part about, you know, um, being at a small. Um, So you kind of sometimes have to wear multiple hats, but it also gives you a lot of opportunity to learn some new skills as well. Definitely sounds like you're kind of like expanding what you do and like doing all of these different things. Sounds really interesting on a day-to-day basis. You mentioned originally that you were kind of interested in biology, and then after you joined the Air Force, you kind of totally switched gears. Um, can you talk about kind of what motivated you to change career paths? Um, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting career path so far. Um, definitely not traditional, definitely not linear. Um, I've always had a analytical and inquisitive nature. I've always liked being creative, and so... Um, you know, while I was majoring in exercise science and kinesiology, um, it just something about it, it, it just didn't feel like it was for me. And so, you know, after talking to a good friend of mine, we had a good parking lot conversation. He encouraged me um, to, to kind of explore some different career paths. And um, so uh, the military was something um, that I hadn't really thought about before. But um, you know, after our conversation, it was something, you know, that I was interested in at least gathering more information for, or, you know, more information. Um, and so, you know, the next week I was in the recruiter's office and talked about some different opportunities. And, you know, some of those piqued my analytical interests. And the next thing I know, you know, I'm enlisting and I'm shipping off to basic. So <laughs> that's kind of that, the story of that transition. Wow, that's really interesting. 
I'm I'm glad that you were able to kind of have that conversation with your friend. You kind of like put things in perspective because sometimes you definitely need kind of someone on the outside to be like, well, if you don't like this, you should try something else, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it just kind of takes, you know, all it takes is for you just to hear yourself say it (laughs) as you're explaining it to someone else to really have that realization as well. So yeah, definitely. Very thankful for, for my friends and family. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you have that support and that you found something that you enjoy much more. It sounds like there was a pretty big kind of leap of faith there. And it sounds like you had to employ quite a bit of flexibility. I'm curious what that transition looked like. Was it difficult at all? Did you find yourself um, being like, wow, this isn't what I expected or wow, this is perfect. This is totally what I expected. And what would you say to girls looking into new um, career paths they hadn't considered? How can they be flexible like you were? Oh, gosh. So um, I think this is something that pretty much every recruit has thought. Um, but on the first day that we arrived, we went through boot camp for eight weeks. And on the first night, <laughs> um, you know, it was a little bit of a shock. It was an interesting experience. Um, it was very difficult uh, and very challenging, but in a good way. And so, you know, on the first night that we were there, I think all of us were thinking, what did we sign up for? <laughs> but um, but it, it, was, uh, it was a very positive experience for me. Um, it was an opportunity to kind of prove to myself that I could do it. And I think that's something that I would encourage anyone to do, especially if they're looking to transition is, um, you know, it's, it's important to, to push yourself outside that box. Um, it's important to, you know, to move past some of that, those challenges and adversity. That's where the real growth is. So I highly encourage you to step outside the box. Wonderful. I heard just recently, um, someone talking about needing to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's an apt way to describe what you're talking about, how you kind of pushed yourself out of the box, not just dipping your toes in the water, you really just flung yourself out there, but it helps you discover something that you're more passionate about. That's really cool. Yeah, those are definitely perfect words to describe that that scenario. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's new experiences and just like putting yourself out there it can be really scary but I think it's it's definitely rewarding I think either way because you're either like oh I really enjoy this and now you want to pursue that more or you're like I don't like that and now you know more about yourself right yep and sometimes you don't really know until you know you jump into it and you're like hey this isn't for me or hey I really enjoy this and you know let's keep pushing forward with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you'll look back and and see, you know, how much you've accomplished. And I think that's positive in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of like trying new things, was coding something new for you? Like, had you coded much like prior to getting a degree in that? I did a little bit of web development in high school, and I really enjoyed that. And that was actually one of the top contenders um, between biology and web development. Um, and so um, biology went out in that scenario, um, but I enjoyed uh, the web development class very much. Um, it was really cool to be able to write a line of code and then see it kind of rendered almost instantaneously when you build it. 
Um, so that was something that I thought was, you know, really interesting to me. And so, you know, I had a little bit of experience there, but, um, you know, not, not too much. Um, and so kind of how that came about my transition into uh, coding was, you know, after I had completed my enlistment, um, I decided to separate from the military and, and, you know, take a look at some contractor positions, kind of doing the same thing that I was doing in the military, but just kind of as a, you know, on, a, on the civilian side. And so I, you know, worked at Buckley Air Force Base out here for a, a few years. Um, and so there was a need that came up in my section um, and we needed to create a couple of different inline iframed web pages that would kind of help us with some of our analysis. And so that was kind of something that I took upon myself to, you know, kind of figure out and put together since I've, you know, previously had some web development experience and I was able to do that for the team and I made a positive impact there. So that was something that I really enjoyed doing. And uh, one of the things, good or bad, about uh, that position that I was in at the time was it was on a shift schedule. And so um, shift work can sometimes be a little demanding on the individual. And so I was looking for a little bit more flexibility in schedule, a little bit of a change in, you know, the projects that I worked on. And so, you know, that's kind of what led me down you know, just kind of pushing on that computer science role a little bit. It was always something that I had wanted to pursue, but now it just kind of seemed like, you know, the next step for that progression there. It seems like your journey is manifesting what you had already known about yourself. And I'm curious what about what you do speaks to you and what about your position makes you realize, oh, this is what I want to do. So my my previous positions have always, you know, they've always had that level of inquisitive characteristic as well as the analytical. So um, for me, I really enjoy understanding how things work. Um, I really enjoy, um, you know, seeing patterns and things, um, you know, kind of making sense of things that are put in front of me. And so I think that those boxes were checked with, um, you know, with the military and um, my contractor position, but, um, you know, the creative side of it was still, you know, it had barely kind of been scratched there. So, um, you know, I was looking for an opportunity to exercise a little bit more, um, a little bit more creativity. And so essentially I think that software engineering and writing code and designing software was something you know, that that would help scratch that itch as well. So, you know, on my day to day here, you know, you can choose how you implement that code. Um, You know, we have this, you know, design, but um, the way that you want to write it and the way that you want to design it is kind of up to you. So there's a lot of of flexibility there and and how you want to go about implementing those different components. And so I think that's kind of the difference between what I've done before and what I'm doing now. And there still is the um, inquisitive aspect and the the analytical aspect as well, especially when your code's not working and you're trying to figure out why it's not working and you're, you know, debugging and, and you know, trying to see where the error was. So I think that it, it really checks all those boxes. And then, you know, at the end of the day, from a work-life balance, um, you know, it's important to have a work-life balance and have, you know, a good, a good schedule. And, um, you know, this one is very flexible and it, you know, the, the projects change as well. So there are different 
good range of projects that you can work on and a lot of different kinds of work. So That's awesome. And I think you're absolutely right. Just hearing you describe it, it's like there's not just this one thing you really enjoy, but that it takes a lot of what you enjoy and what's important to you and brings it together. And I think we need to consider that more in careers, that it's not just one thing that makes you be like, wait, I want to do this for the rest of my life. It's like, wow, this integrates all the things I want to do and all the things I'm passionate about and need to balance. And I'm so glad you brought up work-life balance. We're (laughs) going to be talking about that a little bit more, but it's so important to consider that, especially when you're super passionate about something. It's you got to fuel that passion. You have to have time to fuel that passion. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. So what do you think would kind of make young girls and like other young women more interested in computers and software? And like, why do you think sometimes young girls might not pursue those careers? Like what kind of obstacles do you think they face? That's an interesting question. I do wish that there were more organizations like STEM Blazers um, around when I was in high school because I, I am trying to rack my brain and have been trying to rack my brain for a little while now, while now as to whether, you know, I had that role model in high school or someone that I, someone else that I saw that was pursuing something similar um, from a STEM perspective. And I don't think I remember ever knowing or seeing or, you know, observing that. So I think that they're, you know, being able to, to, talk to professionals, talk to female professionals in, in the roles that they're looking at, you know, just being able to, to see that individual do what you want to do, just being able to see more women do that is, I mean, it's huge. It, you're, you know, you're essentially, you're setting that example for, for the younger generations. And so I think it's really important to be exposed to that. And that's something that I definitely didn't, didn't get too much of in high school. Um, but I think that there are definitely still ways to achieve that. It's just so much more helpful to, to help guide, you know, that path for, for the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. I know um, mentorship is like just obviously a super important theme that I think comes up a lot. And it's like you just need someone who I guess knows more than you, who's had more experience to kind of help guide you and like help show you what you might like. Because it's really hard if you're not, exposed to those things. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes, you know, when I was younger, I was like, well, I'm not a rocket scientist, so I don't think I can do a lot of these things. And so sometimes it just starts small, like one little exercise that you can complete. And, you know, you just kind of build your confidence there that it's, it's doable, it's obtainable. And, you know, sometimes just looking at a giant career field, it seems overwhelming. But you know, just starting smaller and completing one exercise at a time and kind of, like I said, just building that confidence and really getting a little bit more information on, um, you know, the day to day. So, you know, talking to, to, to women in that career field and talking about their day to day and their challenges. And um, I think that's really important. Yeah. And hopefully that, you know, what we're talking about may ring true to someone. Maybe it's going to be uh, someone who just relates on that analytical level of like, wait, I also really like problem solving and I've never considered this before. We are hoping that's what this will do. Um, and so we appreciate you being part of that. Thank you so much, Starla, for answering those first few questions. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. Hi. 
Hi, it's Wendy. Maddie and Joe are meeting some rock star women in STEM this season. If you're enjoying season three, please help us reach more young ladies with our podcast by rating and reviewing us. This helps other young women who are interested in STEM to find us. By supporting the podcast, you are also helping our alumni like Maddie and Joe expand their network, build their professional skills, and increase their internship opportunities. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And a big thank you to our partner and sponsor this week, Marathon Petroleum Corporation. Marathon Petroleum Corporation is a proud sponsor of Girls in STEM and is honored to partner with STEM Blazers. The energy industry is ever-changing and they need diverse perspectives and ideas to continue their success, to create solutions where they face challenges, and to shape their future. To learn more about Marathon Petroleum Corporation, go to MarathonPetroleum.com. That's MarathonPetroleum.com. Now let's get you back to the conversation. Welcome back from our short ad break. We are so ready to ask you some more questions. I'm really curious. You have a unique experience, especially in a STEM field, of having a um, a military background. How does military and STEM? How does that differ from just plain old STEM? And how did that kind of change your experience in that field? You know, I think STEM in the military is it's more geared towards the strategic and tactical warfighters, making sure that they're protected, making sure that they're supported. There's a huge impact there. Um, in any any level of, of STEM at, at that organization. It's, it's a unique perspective, um, that's for sure. And I think that, you know, just plain old STEM does have a definitely a place there as well. But I think the biggest difference um, is, you know, with, with military and STEM, it's more centered around technology that can kind of help support and protect, uh, you know, the, the folks in this country and, um, you know, I think that that's, that's unique. Yeah, that's a, that's a great description for it. It's like the intent of the technology is a little bit different. And do you feel like that changes the creative analytical process of your work? I think it is more geared a little bit more towards the analytical side of the house. You know, a lot of it is finding patterns. A lot of it is, you know, data fusion. You know, how can this source be overlaid with this source to create, you know, this giant picture of situational awareness? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of it is um, deeply analytical. Um, there are some some pockets for creativity, but but um, a lot of it is just working with um, you know data that's out there that exists, trying to make sense of all of it, um, and and use that to to help out wherever we can. All right, thank you for that description. I feel like that really aptly described the differences and how strengths might play a part in that. So um, you're clearly kind of an amazing leader in what you do. Um, can you kind of describe like what an ideal leader kind of looks like to you and a couple ways that you kind of try and live by that and kind of like honor those ideals? Yeah. So, um, you know, at Stratagem and, you know, personally, we kind of operate on a creative servant leadership. Um, we definitely want to make sure that, uh, you know, your team is, your people are your team. Um, you know, a company is the sum of its people. And so people are the most important, um, you know, most important resource. 
So, you know, making sure that you're enabling individuals, that you're removing any, um, you know, barriers to their success is what I think is key to being a leader. You know, one example that I am going to use uh, is um, one of my mentors here. You know, he was talking to me about some behaviors of a leader and he was mentioning that a leader should be allergic to credit allergic to praise, allergic, you know, because it, they should be the ones praising their people. They should be the ones giving all of the credit. If, if you know, we succeeded as a team, then it was the team. If we failed, it was me. Um, so there's always some room for growth there. But I think at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, just being that servant leader, enabling your people, um, you know, making sure that they're successful and doing anything that you can um, to make sure that they're successful. Yeah, I think that's like a really powerful thing to say, because I feel like we often glorify leaders. And I think I definitely agree with you. Like if you're a good, strong leader, like you want to you give credit to like your team, like the people who did all the work. And then, you know, if something goes wrong, maybe you should have led better, I guess. Right. <laughs> so I, I really I like that, uh, that kind of principle. That's that's really awesome to hear. It also acknowledges that everyone has their own strengths and that, you know, at the end of the day, the team um, is most often successful because of the way it comes together, not because necessarily of each individual person, what they did, but the connection between them is what makes the team successful. And so that's just really ringing true to me. So thank you for bringing that up. Okay. We finally get to bring in our conversation of balance. I'm super excited for this um, because balance is really important. I'm just realizing this as a college student. I'm sure professionals all around the world are realizing this at different points in their career. We know that it's very important to everyone, but I'd love if you could talk about your experience with balancing passion, responsibility, and needs in your life. What does that look like and how can other younger girls or uh, women or even people who are just now discovering how important balance is, how can they integrate that into their lives? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. So, you know, for me, a lot of it was exploring and a lot of it, you know, I, there, was, there was a time where I was pursuing my undergraduate in computer science at the same time I was working a full-time job. And so, and that job also involved some shift work as well. So I'm working shifts and, you know, being a full-time student, um, you know, at times it was a little difficult to prioritize. Um, and I think in those situations, it's definitely important to really take some time out for you, to really take some time out for some self-care. I think, um, you know, that should be a priority. And sometimes we get wrapped up, especially when I'm really interested in this, you know, component that I'm writing code for and, you know, time is starting to fly and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm kind of really in a groove, you know, but it's also 7 p.m. and, it, you know, everyone's left for the day. So I, I think it's really important to balance those priorities of self-care. Um, and I think that's something that that got me through a lot of my journey is trying to make sure that you take time 
and I take time to 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 really um, work that self care in. And it did take a little bit longer to complete my um, undergraduate because you know I'm not sacrificing that. But you know there is a, a good pace that. Yeah, everyone works at different paces. Everyone's very unique. Everyone can handle different workloads. And I think that you just kind of have to, you know, get to know yourself more, get to know where your limits are, get to know, you know, what your priorities are, and then, you know, set and organize your time around those things. Um, For me, I found myself context switching quite a bit. I do context switch quite a bit during my day-to-day. One thing that I've tried to do is, you know, if I can control my schedule, I'll go ahead and schedule in blocks so that, you know, there is the least amount of context switching happening. Um, And so that's one way that I can manage that time. But also, you know, trying to make that time for you, make that time to get out, um, get out there, go on a walk outside, even if it's just around your house or, you know, your dorm or, you know, your office. If it's just taking a stroller on the office, um, it's really important to to stay active. And so, yeah, I, I think it really just comes down to knowing you, knowing yourself, knowing, you know, your limitations, your boundaries and what your priorities are and then kind of managing that time accordingly. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you for bringing that up. And also having that recognition there of we are constantly learning about ourselves and what we need as a process. And we might need different things at different points in our lives. And so always being open to what do I need in this moment? What do I need right now? And I actually heard this um, really related quote about how if you don't make time for your wellness, your body and your mind will make time for your illness. And I think that's an important thing to realize that if we're not investing in ourselves regularly, our brain will make it happen. Um, It just might not be on your terms. Right. (laughs) So I appreciate you bringing that up. And it sounds like you have a really healthy balance and understand your capacity and uh, your ability to take care of yourself and your work. And so that's just so inspiring, especially as a college student working on that. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. All right. And uh, now we're going to shift into the rapid fire round. <laughs> so um, basically how it works, we're just going to, Joe and I are going to switch off asking a series of questions and then you just kind of answer as quick as you can. Are you ready? Yes. Great. Our first question what did you want to be when you were five? When I was five, uh, a veterinarian. <laughs> oh, I love that. Nice. <laughs> I think I wanted to be a zookeeper, so that's kind of close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Same vein. What is your best life hack? Ooh, best life hack. I think I touched on it uh, at our during our last question. Definitely just make some time for you. But the context switching, that's a huge one for me, time management, Um, just making sure that we're eliminating the amount of times that you context switch during the day um, and trying to block in your time so that you are not, you know, wasting that ramp up or that time ramping up mentally from one task and then trying to rev up for another. So I think block time blocking is one of my life hacks. Could you quickly describe what context switching means for you? Because that's kind of a phrase I don't think I really hear that much. Yeah, context switching is when you are switching between tasks that are very unrelated. Um, And so, for example, like my day-to-day, when I context switch, 
Um, I'm going from, you know, churning out a couple of, you know, some lines of code to making sure that I'm prepared and ready to actively listen to, um, you know, the members of my team, if we're doing some kind of tag up to make sure that, you know, I'm aware and I'm here and I'm present um, to, to really uh, listen and kind of understand their needs. Um, and so for me, those two things, you know, take a little bit of time to adjust to those two different kinds of tasks. And so um, trying to lump all of those together um, or at least maybe making one day focus to this task and one day focus to these types of tasks could help eliminate or at least mitigate some of that, what you feel is unproductive time because you're ramping down and ramping back up to a different task. That's really cool. I had never considered it like that. And I think I'm going to use that now. So thank you for that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Joe, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, huh, I, I have maybe I have been wasting a lot of time switching between <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's contributed to my procrastination in the past. So I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm just going to hang out for five more minutes <laughs> and go and do it. So Yeah. What is your favorite way to de-stress? Favorite way to de-stress? Oh, goodness. I have a number of different hobbies that I like to engage in um, to relieve stress. Anywhere between, you know, just general do-it-yourself at home um, with some house projects and building, you know, outdoor furniture um, to, you know, fly fishing or hiking, um, weightlifting. I try to do something active. Um, if I can't be active, um, you know, some occasional meditation is good. Just kind of, um, sitting in a, in a quiet room for a little bit and, and kind of reflecting, um, on your day. That's, those are, you know, my, my top stress relievers, but I think that, you know, being active is kind of at the top of that list. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Okay. What is the best compliment you've received? That is a tough one. I have a mentor um, and I've had this mentor for a while now. Um, this is an individual that I look up to absolutely from a servant leader perspective. And, you know, through our conversations, I mentioned to this individual that the reason why I understand myself the way that I do today and the reason why I understand what I want to do today is because of this individual. And so I essentially, in, in a conversation, told him, you know, you're what I consider a transformational leader. You're someone who can recognize something in someone and pull that thread on that, per, you know, and pull the, that thread and, you know, kind of get them to discover something new about themselves that they didn't know before, that they didn't have the confidence to understand what it was before. I mean, it's it was always there, but it was something that, you know, you didn't really have confidence in yourself in. And so, you know, that person, my mentor pretty much said, thank you for giving me that level of awareness that I wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was doing that. So I think that was kind of the biggest compliment that I've ever gotten is just a big thank you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. really special though. Um, what is your favorite motto? I would say my favorite motto, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, is if it takes less than five minutes to do, then do it now. And that's kind of helped me with my procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great motto. I think we could all use that quite a bit more. <laughs> right. What is something you've been itching to learn? So 
In terms of technical areas, one of the things I've been itching to learn is kind of branching out a little bit more into um, the artificial intelligence and machine learning world. I think that's been, it's always been an interest of mine to really dig in and understand, you know, what's happening there. But <clears throat> I've never felt like I've had really enough time to, to actually sink my teeth in and really immerse myself in. So I think that that would be really cool to kind of explore, you know, the, you know, what's, what's possible in that field. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, possibilities that we don't even really know about right now. So that <laughs> sounds super interesting too. To learn more about and kind of be, I guess, on the forefront of that. That would be really cool. Um, And our last rapid fire question is, what is your favorite song? (laughs) I don't know if this is the right title, but it's Bob Marley's Don't Worry. Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, awesome. So we will add that song to our mentor playlist, which all our listeners can check out on Spotify. So make sure to do that. Great. And... Lastly, we have our final sign-off question, which is standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high school self? I think that I would give my high school self a kick in the pants to go and get connected with some STEM organizations. Also, definitely a career counselor to kind of explore and pull the thread on what I find interesting and what I find, you know, what kinds of things I enjoy doing um, to kind of help me set myself on that path. And I I think at the end of the day, I've had a lot of self-discovery and I am very grateful for the experiences that I've had. But maybe this could have, you know, would have gotten me on the same path um, just in a different way. Um, But getting connected to those mentors earlier is... um, is really paramount. Yeah, definitely. That's great advice. And hopefully organizations like STEM Blazers kind of provide those resources and mentors and stuff to kind of help everyone get started with that. And for our listeners, we have our trivia question of the episode. And um, the question is, what was the first computer bug? And you can find that answer on our Instagram at STEM Blazers. So make sure to check that out along with the mentor playlist. Great. And just one last time, we want to say thank you so much, Starla, for joining us on this episode to be able to understand your experience has been so, so inspiring to us. And we know it's going to be inspiring to others. On behalf of STEM Blazers, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being here. And we are so excited to be able to show your story to the world. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or just to stay up to date with what we're working on, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook or Instagram pages at STEM Blazers. Thank you so much. 